<sighs> Fuck. I can't believe we took two months off, dude. Oh, uh, hey, Hoff, why don't you start the episode? Thank you. Hello, everyone. I'm Terry Doty. This is Obscure Chatter. If this is your first time joining me, well, um, what an episode to, you know, jump in on. Uh, what is this, like, episode, like, 85 of being solo? Or, no, it's actually not that, but sometimes it feels that way. Thank you so much for joining me. Uh, this is a show where I am watching something that I'm keeping a mystery, but for the purposes of letting my husband do a little bit of work, because I know he loves when I make him beep things. Today, I am watching... This is a series that has been hit or miss for some people, and uh, there's definitely nostalgia at play that definitely (laughs) uh, works with me a bit here and there. Uh, But um, so what I'm doing is the first episode of this series, uh, the runtime of it is dictating the episode. And whenever I watch a movie, which it's been a while, but I think, like, movies are perhaps just a little bit better reserved for when I have guests, which, yeah, guests remotely, um, it's just been kind of a pain in the ass. A lot of us are a little worn out with the remote stuff, and I did start doing in-person guests again, but uh, I just can't in good conscience uh, do that right now. So it's going to stay solo, but thank you for joining me if this is your first time. If you are a returning listener, what up, fuckers? (laughs) That's how, no, you guys are amazing. Thank you for respecting uh, Steven and I taking uh, June off. That was not the intention. Um, We waited up until the last couple of days of June, just hoping that it would cool down in the house long enough for us to do an episode with AC. I have a double-walled Whisper Room from Whisper Room. Uh, and it even with AC, that bitch gets pretty fucking hot. And, you know, I've I've worked in Whisper Rooms a good chunk of the time. Like, I've also worked in custom, like, studios where the room is actually the studio. Some, to- uh, some room... Uh, Constructions are better than others, uh, which I could tell you some stories. But like I've been in a booth about this size, which is four by eight um, with like six people doing Walla. I've done commentaries with, you know, like pregnant friends that are just radiating heat and not been as hot as I have been when I have been recording these past couple of months. It is finally a little bit cooler, but I'm still, I'm telling you right now, it is still off. Definitely keep me honest here if you want to like hop in and prove me wrong. But I, it, it, it's still triple digits, like pretty consistently. So yeah, <laughs> um, we, uh, we took June off. I say that, but yeah, we waited again until the last minute to be like, okay, we're calling it. We can't do June, which really sucked because June was our anniversary month. June was our anniversary month in a couple of respects. It was the anniversary of the show, which it's three years of obscure chatter. Um, and sometimes it feels longer. Sometimes it feels like we just did this. And then it was also my wedding anniversary month. Uh, Hoff and I 
celebrated 13 years of marriage. Um, and, you know, I, I think we did a little bit more this year than we normally do, uh, but we still kept it pretty chill. Um, we tend to kind of do up our, our dating anniversary more, which is in October, and that's going to be 16 years this year. And equally amazing. It's going to be pretty fucking cool. But yeah, I uh, I was pretty bummed when I real like, Stephen and I had the talk of like, a, I just, you know, like going like, maybe we'll wait till the sun goes down. Maybe we'll, uh, I don't know, maybe we'll record in the morning. Like that is with AC in the booth. And it would, just wasn't safe. Um, for my job, we had like a couple of shoots with actors, actors that would go out for five minutes to do a little shoot and uh, with straight hair and come back with curly hair drenched. Like it's, it's not good. It's not even like funny, like, Oh, ha ha. Uh, like, uh, it's a fucking event, but, um, one, it has cooled down a little bit. And, uh, we also moved the location of the vocal booth. I don't know if you guys can hear a difference, um, but yeah, for all solo episodes, I record from my home booth. And this one, I don't know. Like, I like the move. We moved it into the house proper instead of this uh, sunroom that was an add-on from whoever lived here before us. And uh, it was always kind of hot in there. Uh, the walls aren't as insulated as they are in here. So we moved some stuff around and... um, <laughs> Like, uh, I think I even did a video of... Steven just uh, like dancing the the booth door into the this new space and I got to tell you um I'm really enjoying it and I've done some new stuff in this booth that isn't podcast related and I just feel uh we uh we also kind of moved around like the audio panels and foam so I'm pretty excited but uh on a more real note, uh, there was this moment, and I know that I'm not alone here. Uh, so many of us have had the luxury, and it is a luxury when it should be a necessity and something that is definitely a, a real thing that many more of us should have access to, and that's be, being able to work from home and work remotely. Um, but when you're in your house so much, you tend to kind of get sick of looking at the same stuff all the time. And I found uh, that when we had the booth where we did, which we called it the whatever room and, until it became the studio, and that, like, I had my desk on one side, Stephen at his workstation on another side, and, uh, you know, had, like, posters of the projects that we've worked on and uh, just a few things here and there. And then, uh, you know, we had a room kind of reserved that we, we call the guest room. And then we had like a study that was where I was going to put all my books. And we kind of just kept avoiding those spaces until like, I don't know, we had a pretty big talk that perhaps the heat also pushed for this talk. But in reality, a big thing that had us do this giant talk, which I love when we have these talks, but um, it's just not something that we realized we were doing until the uh, until the Roe v. Wade decision. Um, 
I mean, there's no easy way to bring that up, but it's got to be talked about. We've talked about some pretty heavy shit on this show and even stuff directly related to what I'm about to talk about. Um, I am still not okay, and I don't know anybody who is. Even if you are vehemently against abortion, the like the skewed view or idea that you have of what abortion is, I, I still know friends that are very red and very, you know, whatever the fuck they want to call pro-life and all this, and they're still devastated by this. So I think perhaps they're realizing just how myopic their view was. Um, me, uh, and I've talked about it on the show, and if this is at all triggering for you, um, I apologize, but it is something that I feel that I have to talk about. Uh, people with the ability to be pregnant should have the choice that the very limited, very small percentage do, and they don't. They used to, and they don't right now. I had always planned on not having children. Uh, I grew up in a very difficult environment, a very broken environment, and I was left to very much take care of my younger sibling. After seeing just so many unbelievable things, I just never had it in me to want to be a mom. Until I met Stephen. And even then, it wasn't immediate. It was, funny enough, I always kind of reference this Parks and Rec thing uh, toward the end of the the series uh, when Andy, uh, you know, it's showing like glimpses of the future and Andy and April are talking about children. April's not sure and Andy really wants kids. And there's a point where, you know, Andy and Ben go to the kitchen and April is left to talk to Leslie. And April asks, how do you know when you're ready? Or something along those lines into which the Leslie Nope character says, "Um, what it is, this is just a, a paraphrasing, obviously, what it is, is just enjoying the team that you're on and wanting to add more players. And that's been the best way that I I had always thought about it. So after a lot of planning, as much as one can plan starting a family, uh, we we toyed with adoption and we were kind of given some bad information uh, about just our chances. So we kind of let that get into our heads and we didn't even try. We were so terrified of being rejected over it. So just because my father was adopted, I, I know I'm scrambling here, but uh, like I just saw how great of a life and how well-loved my father and his sister were, and they were both adopted. And I, that always just kind of stuck with me. Um, so it kind of broke my heart when, you know, people kind of uh, the, in positions of authority 
very much told Stephen and I that, you know, it wasn't even worth trying because when Stephen was 19, he was stupid and got caught with, like, LSD. <laughs> That's that's a reality here. Um, it was stupid. Think about the stupid shit you did when you were 19 and seriously be like in your 40s and be constantly reminded of something you did as a stupid kid and being told you can't do something because you were a stupid kid. And we were kind of led to believe by friends that had adopted and a couple of authority figures that uh, we wouldn't even be in the running because of this. And we later, much later, found out that is very much not the case. Um, (laughs) And that, again, I think works into this, like, grand scope of what people think of when they hear drugs. Um, But that's a whole other discussion. Uh, Anyways, back to it. We decided that it was worth trying to do, you know, the having our own route. There was a better way to put that, but I'm a little flummoxed, excuse me. And uh, very quickly, we got pregnant. Uh, it was it was pretty stressful, but it was the happiest in in my in my limited view of what I think it means to be human. It was the happiest I think I will ever be in my entire life. It was so incredibly excited and terrified at the same time, but like all the terror and fear of what was to come after that was completely eclipsed by this hope and this just pure happiness. And a small recap, if you aren't, if you weren't able to listen to a previous episode or, uh, you know, I'm not, I'm not going to make it about like, oh, go back and listen to an even rawer version of this story where I'm probably not even going to remember certain things exactly the way they were. But I was at a convention in Missouri. I was still very early into my first trimester. And uh, I was in the middle of an autograph session, and I just felt horrible. So I uh, let my handler and Stephen, who luckily was with me, know that I really had to go to the bathroom. And I I was bleeding a lot. Like, not uh not i can blow this off amount of blood and uh i actually went back and finished my autograph session trying to convince myself that i was crazy but within minutes of finishing steven and uh friends that uh were with the convention and my hand oh, my handler didn't find out till later but uh, other staff members basically were like no we have to take you and I missed a panel, and I have, like, uh, actor friends texting me, asking me where I am, and it's like, how do you even start that conversation? Uh, so I just ignored all these texts and these phone calls that I was getting, because I was at the hospital. Um, The nearest hospital that they could take me to in Missouri, it was private, and uh, I, was ble- I was bleeding a lot. 
And I didn't, I had to wait in the lobby for a certain amount of time. They interviewed me heavily to make sure that I didn't intentionally miscarry. That um, they also asked my husband a lot of very invasive questions about um, uh, his uh, his history of spousal abuse, about just his history in general, if he's just naturally someone quick to anger, all of this stuff. And I'm still bleeding. Because what they were really doing was making sure that I wasn't trying to, you know, just lose my baby on purpose. <sighs> and I, I sat there on the table when they finally got me a room. I sat there for seven hours, just barely seeing anybody, but mostly just staring up at the ceiling, just hoping for the best. Luckily, with my partner. And they didn't even want to fully confirm. All the ultrasound person did say was that they couldn't find a heartbeat. And to follow up with my doctor when I go back to Texas. But I knew by that point that it just, it was gone. And... My friends uh, and the staff were so incredibly sweet and understanding, especially because I was there to work. Uh, these are contracts that are very difficult to work out, but I, uh, they gave me the option to go home. But I already knew. So I, I stayed at the convention with Stephen, and I was able to kind of forget about it. And there are so many fans that I've met that I've been talking to over the years that they have no idea how much meeting them that weekend meant because they helped me just forget, even if it was temporary. They they helped me forget. <laughs> uh, but, um... Stephen, uh, on the way home, he was able to get us seen by a doctor, like, pretty much the second we touched down. And they confirmed that, uh, yeah, it, it went away. And that if I'd been just a little further along, that they would have had to do uh, uh, a procedure that is technically called an abortion. Uh, even without a heartbeat. Uh, even without any of that, it still would have been an abortion. And I'm telling you all of this, that there are friends and family and there are women and other pregnant people that go through this stuff, uh, even planning to have this child. And they just lose it. Things don't work out or the fetus grows uh outside the uterus, you know the the uterus or um it's just not viable or it's growing wrong and the longer it lives the more it's in pain or just a variety of reasons in addition to the person that is pregnant just not being ready and them and or their partner making the decision to not carry 
the pregnancy to term. If anything I'm saying is upsetting you because I'm talking about abortion, I really don't know why you ever started listening to me because this should not, none none of my views here should surprise you. I always thought that even when I was casually dating or like seriously dating, uh, that if, you know, there were moments where, oh God, you know, like, the condom broke or, you know, it just happened because condoms are not 100% effective. I've never been on birth control or all this, all these things. Um, if it ever happened that I would know what to do. Um, it never happened, but I knew, and my, my mother knew that very much that that was something that was an option. And we were so grateful for that to be an option. But uh, I know in my heart that more than likely I I personally would have chosen to give birth. But that's if I had been lucky enough for the the pregnancy to be viable. Oh. So this was at the start of, of this pure chatter. Actually, well, you hear, oh, God, <laughs> that'll take you out of sadness. It's just hearing this mouth gurgle. <laughs> I don't know if you guys heard that, but it was there was a demon trying to come out of my throat. <laughs> um, <sighs> well, there's the tagline for obscure chatter right there. <laughs> there's a demon trying to come out of my throat. And, okay, I've had so many conversations with people, uh, some being very, very grateful that I'm so open about my experience because uh, one in four women, one in four pregnant people, excuse me, um, it is not hard to use inclusive terms and language. It truly isn't. Uh, So I, (laughs) that's a whole other discussion, but excuse me. Um, one in four people will experience a miscarriage. And such a large percentage go off to have numerous children. Numerous. For me, the experience throughout, uh, because there's a whole mess of stuff I'm not telling you guys about, um, the numerous tests that I had to take afterward to make sure that I didn't turn septic and still, you know, that what I have, uh, what I had remaining didn't kill me. Um, I had to constantly, uh, I had to do weekly tests, uh, to see how long it would take for the pregnancy hormone to leave my body. It was actually in my, the hormone was in my body longer than I was ever pregnant. Random, random shit that I'm sure... It's hard to hear, but I'm telling you, it's an intense situation, and it's the most pain someone could ever feel that they go through, (laughs) you know, with the hopes of having this amazing gift, if they so choose to do it. Knowing that what I experienced... Um, just the little bit of horror that I experienced being grilled by 
hospital employees that I thought were going to help me and be understanding and treated me as though I was a criminal (laughs) that was trying to get away, you know, like pull a fast one. Uh, to know that that it was just going to be the tip of the iceberg of what people have to deal with right now. I am so beyond angry. I, there isn't, there truly isn't a word for what I feel about this. I don't, I don't know what to do. And they're feeling so powerless so often it's fucking torture. I <sighs> knowing what just a handful of people I know have had to do when they are already heartbroken because they've personally lost or because you know they just weren't ready to basically be treated <laughs> like they're just criminals having to drive upwards of 20 hours to go to a place where they can just be taken care of like human beings and spend a small fortune to do so. That's if they have the luxury of being able to drive, if they have the luxury of being able to go out of state. I live in Texas, like, look up who Greg Abbott is and know why I, I, I often talk with my husband about moving. <sighs> I really don't have an end to this little, like, segment. And I wasn't even planning on, I, I didn't know what I was going to talk about. But, like, <sighs> I want you to see that there are many stories It is not just, I do not want to have kids. That is not what Roe v. Wade, what, you know, that was not what the decision was solely about. It was about a choice. A choice that we no longer have. (sighs) And Stephen and I have had some very interesting conversations. All of that was at the beginning of me talking about Uh, moving a booth. Because what we did, we moved the booth into what we were calling, pretty much since May, a guest room. We called it a guest room, knowing full well that the paint and everything in it, including trunks worth of stuff that we bought because we were so excited. (sighs) This this booth is in what was going to be my child's room. The paint was just this horrible reminder. Everything in it, the way we had it posed, it was all for someone we were, nev- were never going to meet, unfortunately. And it doesn't look anything like it did now. And the energy, not to sound all hippy-dippy, is just completely changed. And what what Stephen and I very much talked about (laughs) was we were avoiding this room because of what this room represented. So we changed the conversation. 
we change the room. And it's something that moving forward, we've reopened the adoption conversation. And we're very lucky that with my new job and things in the works with other things going on that we can be in a better spot than we were when we were very lightly talking about it. Um, We're working with a specific agency that's been very understanding. And, you know, if it doesn't work out, then we're just going to keep being that really eccentric aunt and uncle and keep donating to organizations that help a lot of children in need doing things like that. But seriously, guys, that was all about just talking about decorating. Uh, And I'm really sorry if I bummed you guys out, but I'm just trying to tell you my little two cents of why, of, uh, I think if you're remotely a good person, that I don't have to give you a true reason, a personal reason why this upsets me. And I've heard from a lot of y'all. And I'm pretty mad too, if you can't tell. For a variety of reasons that, you know, I feel like I've got to just kind of take my time. There's that gurgle again. I've got to take my time because I heavily talked about Uvalde in my last episode. And uh, I feel like every week I'm learning something, uh, you know, even more fucked up about that. I mean, it just doesn't stop. And... That's the thing. It's like, oh, man, you got to get off the Internet, you know, like uh, all this doom scrolling. I'm like, no, everything has always been pretty fucked. All the Internet did was make that more evident. Am I wrong? You don't have to answer me. I know it was. (sighs) But we persevere, we continue, and we just try. Trying goes a long way. (sighs) So... Let me take some water, and then we'll perhaps talk about something less intense. Perhaps. It's been an intense uh, couple of months, and getting ready to finally take some time off. uh, My first, like, real vacation since uh, I started my new job in January. I'm going to Vegas for the first time, which... I'm not a big gambler, but uh, planning on, you know, going to this really nice restaurant and uh, going to Zach Bagan's Haunted Museum, which Stephen and I are big Ghost Adventures fans. If you haven't seen Demon House, do. Even if you think Zach Bagan's is a douchebag. I did too, but uh, (laughs) Demon House really changed my opinion of him. Um, <laughs> like if Zach Bagans ever heard, like, so Terry Doty thinks you're a douchebag, he'd be like, who? And that would be a pretty nice little like, there you go. <laughs> he shouldn't care that I think I thought he was a douchebag. I, I love him now. And him and the whole Ghost Adventures crew, uh, they're great. So we're really excited to go to the haunted museum that he has in Vegas. And we want to, yeah. But everything else, I tend to over plan vacations. What I'm trying to do is only plan a couple of things and then just let the chips fall where they may. So I'm hoping for the best. Um, my dude and I are just trying to get away for a little bit. So, um, but that's uh, just for a lot of things. I, uh, I've i been uh, pretty busy at work, which the new job, someone was like, 
oh, I was working on this project with a friend, and they're like, oh, that's what, you like, your feeds kind of changed. I'm like, I'm still doing voiceover, obviously, but um, I don't really talk about work because I just don't. Uh, it's a great job, and I work with some amazing people, but, um, like, I, I'll always kind of talk about it in the abstract. I don't know why. I can't really truly give you a reason other than... I don't know. <laughs> so if you see random posts, uh, it's probably related to my job uh, where I am a senior copywriter, but I've been doing a lot more on the creative director front, and uh, that's been really interesting. I directed a shoot. Uh, I will say, on a sad note, um, is, uh, you know, you, you make friends at work, and this job has been like my first official salaried nine to five. Anytime I directed it funny or did script supervision for Ocotron 5000 or anything like that, I, I've, I haven't been a salaried employee. I, I was always contract. And whoo, contract life is interesting. But I do enjoy salaried life for benefits and this thing called health insurance. I think I'm, I, I think that's what it's called. Anyway, uh, but a uh, person that I met within my first month of working there, uh, she uh, her name's Kristen, and um, she's uh, we quickly became like work besties. We talked about the most random shit and just like I I I love this chick, uh, but <laughs> she quit um, like a boss, and uh, I'm still going to be seeing her. But it's that like the past like couple weeks she's been gone. I'm like almost like readjusting to work again because I was, I didn't realize I, you know, um, I was always kind of hanging out with her and uh, a lot of stuff's changed since then. Not bad changes, but I, I miss my work bestie. So with that in mind, I have this really cool, uh, I had shown Steven a clip of Homeward Bound recently and it's directly because of this story with work bestie. Um, Kristen has four dogs. Her and her husband, Travis, have four dogs, right? And while her and her dude were on vacation, one of her dogs, Poppy, uh, escaped the kennel that uh, Poppy was boarded in. And Kristen and Travis cut their trip uh, short and were rightfully pissed at the boarding place for letting Poppy escape and definitely tried to put it on a, like, well, she's a runner. Like, bitch, you guys work with dogs, Obviously, dogs like to run. I feel like I'm going crazy, you guys being shocked that a dog tried to run. It's on you. But um, Kristen, in any of her free time, her and Travis would drive around. They would get, you know, hints or little, like, tips about where po- uh, they've possib- people have possibly seen Poppy. And... Uh, Another, like, a random thing is they had, you know, a number. Like, hey, call this number, you know, if you've seen Poppy. And they had a lot of people, like, crank call them, which is pretty fucked up. Like, seriously, grow the fuck up. But um, six weeks. Six weeks passed. And Poppy just showed up at their house. Remember, Poppy was not staying at their house when Poppy ran off. She was at a boarding house. Poppy, six weeks later, uh, they show, um, Kristen showed, like, us video cam. Poppy ran around the house until she got the attention of one of the other dogs and just sat at the front until Travis and Kristen opened the door. 
is that insane? Like that's and I was like, oh my god, it's a real homeward bound. And Stephen was like, what's homeward bound? I'm like, the incredible journey. (laughs) Um, So I showed him the clip of the very end. Uh, and because I remember as a kid, I watched it because, oh, Michael J. Fox is in it. I used to be obsessed with Michael J. Fox. And, uh, yeah, showed him the clip and Steven's like crying. I'm like, that's what Poppy did. Poppy just found her way home. Isn't that amazing? Um, but yeah, uh, I posted about that. Oh God, when did I post about that? It was very soon, uh, it was very close to Kristen quitting. So she, uh, uh, has taken Poppy to the vet and all of that stuff. And I posted about it a little bit on my Twitter and my Instagram. But just letting you know, Poppy has a clean bill of health. She was a little skinny and a little malnourished, but she's doing great. And, uh, you know, she's home. Isn't that... That's such like... I Like, I cried. I was so obsessed about that. Um, it was so great because, you know, you, you think like, oh, man, like, when do you... When do you stop looking? You know, until you know what happened. And then I look at, yeah, Willow, and I'm like, you wouldn't run away. She's like, yeah, I would. Like, just giving that look, I'm like, I I know for a fact you would <laughs> run away. Uh, but, yeah, I, I was very, I was very, I don't know, like, hey, there's hope in the world. Thank you. Um, but, yeah, I... Trying to think what else has gone on. Oh, uh, I got a new tattoo. Uh, I feel like I've gotten a lot. If you keep up with me on Instagram especially, it seems like I've gotten a lot. And I tend not to show them off too much after the initial thing because, you know, um, body image issues. Uh, But also just, I don't know. I got it for me. I didn't get it for y'all. But Necronomatron, who is James Glenn, he goes by Spooks. He's an amazing artist that's done some work for me before, but he did a Catwoman tattoo for me. And go to Instagram, check it out. T-dotally it, or check out Necronomatron. Also consider, if you are willing to travel or local to the Dallas-Fort Worth area, consider trying to book James, or Spooks. I call him Sir Spooks. He is a delight. He's an anime fan, and he's just a cool guy. Like, that is just fun to talk to. Your session's going to be great. And if you just trust him with a concept and show him a couple of references, he's going to do you right, I promise. And uh, before you look at his portfolio, it's very it's very dark and uh, fun, which is definitely in my wheelhouse. But yeah, <laughs> uh, it's... Um... It's just fun. I gave him very little to work off of with, I just said, I've always liked the hello there from Batman Returns with the O and hello and the T in there out, and he ran with it. It's gorgeous. It's healing very nice, or it's healed, and uh, yeah. <sighs> I'm trying to think what else. Oh, um, I'm not sure. Uh, I'm sure you guys, uh, if you aren't, reading uh Laura Olympus you're probably really sick of me talking about it but uh please pick up volume 2 that's just been released uh, the last couple of weeks by Rachel Smythe if you are curious about webtoon give webtoon a shot season 2 of Laura Olympus just finished and season 3 I'm recording this uh Saturday night so Season three just started today. I haven't checked out the Fast Pass episode, but I'm about to. 
Uh, I'm obsessed with this. I've always been obsessed with mythology. Uh, um, an unhealthy amount. Freshman year of high school when they start teaching you about myths and legends. Uh, I was unbearable. <laughs> watched Zeno, watched Hercules, all of that. Um, and uh, read the Odyssey probably way too much for a 14-year-old. Like, I just, I love, 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 love what... Rachel is done with the Hades Persephone story. I cried. Uh, it's just great. Another book that just recently came out is um, one that I'm reading right now. It's by Lexi Ryan. It's the follow-up to her uh, These Hollow Vowels. Vow. Oh my God, vowels. Hello. These Hollow Vows. <laughs> and uh, it's called These Twisted Bonds. It's great. It's a great follow-up. And uh, I just love Lexi's storytelling. So please check that out if you haven't already. Uh, Lexi um, already had a fan in me because um, I love the way she writes romance. I'm a big romance reader, uh, as well as sci-fi horror. Uh, but um, yeah, give me give me a good uh, fantasy fae uh, love triangle. I'm down. Seriously. Um, oh, today. I watched the teaser for John Wick 4, and I screamed, because I saw some Donnie Yen, I saw some Gun Fu, I saw a bunch of shit, it's great. Finished, oh, I think I mentioned in the last uh, the last time I was on that I almost gave up on Stranger Things season 4, and or uh, just Stranger Things in general after season 3. I loathed season three. And apparently, uh, I'm so glad that I posted about it because I thought I was super alone on that. Uh, but apparently a lot of uh, fellow followers um, felt the same way. Season four makes up for it. Uh, just some amazing acting. And uh, yeah, definitely pulled a lot from the Nightmare on Elm Street series. Uh, but <laughs> so for some, it felt a little too supernatural, demony, and less sci-fi. But stick with it. You're going to love it. Uh, also, Star Trek Strange New Worlds. Um, watch it if you're remotely a fan of Star Trek. I recommend it. <sighs> I just don't know. <laughs> I'm like, I'm trying to like make up for like the heavy, heavy shit that I went through uh, at the top of that. But I'm not going to try to bury that. You know, I I know it was difficult to hear it wasn't diff- uh, it wasn't easy to share but i respect you guys enough to not pretend like everything is cookies and rainbows and shit like guys i i cannot tell you just how insane it is to see what obscure chatter has morphed into because the initial idea was really just a back and forth interview style thing with the movie as the backdrop or the television show as the backdrop. I never foresaw this essentially being an audible diary. An audible diary that I am fully, like, talking into, knowing that people are going to read it, i.e. hear it. I'm very grateful that you guys re- uh, reached out after the last episode uh, saying how important you felt it was that we talk about it because I was very, very nervous talking about Uvalde in the length and the depth that I did last time. If this episode 
was too much for you. I, I, I truly apologize. I just felt that it was worth giving you a little more context of just one story. Um, I didn't really know how I was going to bring it up or if I was going to just casually throw it off and then, yeah, like, hey, let's talk about my free write smart typewriter, like, for, like, 50 minutes. I, you know, I had no idea. Um, moving forward, I, I always kind of have, like, a couple of notes scribbled down of stuff that's happened to me between episode to episode or little, jot down little thoughts, just like I used to do when I did stand up and, it's really hard to basically talk to the microphone hoping that I'm connecting with the person that's listening to it. So I hope that this episode was as cathartic for you as it was for me. But I really, I want to thank you so much for listening to me and supporting Obscure Chatter and supporting Stephen uh, it it truly does mean the world. This this past three years, uh, I couldn't have fathomed how intense the past three years have been for a variety of reasons. Uh, obscure chatter almost got canceled because I I went through all this stuff in May. Um, real talk. Obscure chatter's first episode was actually recorded in April. And I was holding on to it because um, the pilot episode that will never, you know, be shown in the light of day or listened to, um, I was pregnant. And I was so excited. And that first episode was like a bunch of like me hinting at stuff, but it being so early that, you know, I didn't want to jinx it and blah, blah, blah. And Stephen and I held on to that episode for a little bit. So when weeks pass by and... We, you know, went through one of the worst things a couple can go through that definitely tests the strength of some of the strongest relationships out there. Um, it took a little bit, but uh, I was still going to release the episode and being like, well, you know, I, I didn't, uh, I didn't say anything specifically, so maybe it's still good to go. But I knew in my heart that I would never be able to listen to that episode, and I was no longer proud of it. You know, so Stephen and I redid the first episode. Uh, but that was after deciding to keep up with Obscure Chatter. We had announced that we had a podcast coming up, but I almost canceled Obscure Chatter, and I'm so glad that I didn't. Um, and, you know, we're hit and miss about it sometimes, uh, <laughs> you know, just with the way of the world. But knowing that you guys appreciate kind of the real talk that we do, um, I'm, I'm still down for the idea of down the line when uh, the world is just a little less on fire, sometimes literally, uh, of having guests on the show. But if you are enjoying these solo episodes. Um, I'm please, please keep up with it because for the foreseeable future, they will only be solo. And if you ever have a question or a topic that you would like me to discuss, I'm always down for that. Please hit me up through tdotally on Twitter or perpetuallyoffbeat at Gmail. I'm always down for your ideas and I really appreciate you guys. That being said, um, I will see you guys in August. And until then, 
read good shit, watch good shit, and just try not to be a shit. (laughs) Thanks, guys.